I'm Jim Collison and live from the Gallup Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. This is Gallup's Called the Coach, recorded on May 11th, 2018. Call the Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths. We have Gallup experts and independent strengths coaches share tactics, insights, and strategies to help coaches maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. If you have questions during this live webcast, we do have a chat room that's available for you right below the main video window. If you just look down there, there's a chat room available. Bottom left-hand corner, it says log in, choose that, choose the guest account. You can log in with any social media account if you want to do it that way. Don't create a new one. But you can log in, choose the guest account, put your name in where the numbers and the name is, and then you can uh, ask us your questions live in the chat room. Both Dean and I will be watching the chat room during the program. If you have questions after the webcast, after the recorded version, you can send us an email, send it to coaching at gallup.com, or there's a contact form right there on the live page. Don't forget to visit the Gallup Strength Center, just gallupstrengthcenter.com for all your Clifton Strengths resources and training needs. You can also catch the video in both streaming and downloadable audio. We call that podcasting. That's available for you. And all the ways to do it are in the podcast section in our resources section. So go to coaching.gallup.com, click on the resources tab, scroll down to where you see podcasts and every way to consume this possible is there. If you need any help, let us know. One more thing, don't forget to rate and review. If you're on the podcast app on iTunes, just swipe and you can rate and review the podcast, subscribe to it so you make sure you get it every single week or whenever we put these out. If you're on YouTube, they have a really powerful subscription engine now. So subscribe to this channel as well. Hit the notification bell so you get notified whenever we go live. And if you're listening to us on Spreaker, you can follow us there as well to get those notifications. Dean Joan is our host today. Dean is the principal architect of Gallup's global client learning strategy. Dean, there's a lot going on in that space right now. Welcome back to Call the Coach. Yeah, thank you very much. There is a ton going on right now. Uh, so many things happening. So it's it's just really exciting what's going on here. Yeah, well, we want to jump in, which will probably be a two-part series in what we're doing here. Uh, but we want to talk in about leading strengths trainings. And I know this is a hot topic with our coaches. Mm -hmm. They're always excited when you come on to talk about it. We've got some great stuff. So you might want to buckle in, get a pencil. That's one of those things that has led on <laughs> yeah, right. you right with. It doesn't require charging Is and it a piece of Apple? paper. Uh, <laughs> good. Love you to take some notes. You're going to want to write fast. Don't forget, you can always pause. Yeah. What do you have for us today? Oh, no, that's great. Uh, Jim, that's great. I was, Jim and I were talking right before the, the uh, webcast today. I, you know, this, I think this is going to be a two-parter. I started working on it. Uh, I always love to get suggestions from people and I, and I really listen to, you know, what are people interested in? What do people, what do, what do people want to hear about? And uh, that I'm actually qualified to be able to talk about. <laughs> few things I talk about, I am actually not qualified to talk about. That's the story story this of is America. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started working on this. Sorry, we we're off to the races, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started working on this one and I felt like it was like, you know, Avengers Infinity War, right? Like well, you, you think you're going to get the whole wrap up and then it's actually a two-parter. You know, <laughs> don't spoil it. I see it tonight. Don't okay, spoil it. Okay, great. Exactly. Exactly. Enough said. We will say no more. Okay. So, um, actually, so what, basically, what where this came about was is that I led a couple of call to coaches back in 2016. It was in September and November of 2016 on leading effective strengths trainings. Um, one, the first one was on what content 
you need to put in sort of a basic strength training. And the other one was just some tips on um, being effective around delivering a strength training. And I have just gotten a ton of really positive, helpful feedback from coaches and trainers saying that, um, that listening to those really helped them to understand where to start as they were putting together strength trainings, um, what to focus on, where, where to go. And it occurred to me as I was thinking about this, that it would be useful to kind of take the next step in that. In, when I look back at my notes for both of those, that, um, it was actually the, you know, the material we covered was actually pretty basic in those. And, um, and I, you know, and that was by design is I wanted to make sure that we were, we were just really covering what the basics were, but there's more to, there's more to talk about there. So as we started working on it, I thought it would be useful to kind of continue to go down that road. And so that's what we're doing today. So the, the, this is really, I, you know, I've, I titled this one leading strengths trainings. What's next? Uh, this is part one today. I, you know, I just want to go back a little bit. Um, certainly I would encourage you to go back and, and, and watch or listen to those podcasts. Um, the, uh, as I went back and kind of looked at the notes, I think they've stood the test of time. Um, the, in the first one, particularly around content in that first call to coach that was back in September of 2016. Um, one of the things I had talked about was I thought there were five topics that when you do basic strengths training that you should cover. So let me just take a step back and talk about what I mean by this. Um, you know, in the old days, the way we would do it in the olden days, you know, and when covered wagons were crossing America, right? In the olden days, we, the, the way this worked was, is people would do the Clifton Strengths Assessment. At the time, we called it the Clifton Strengths Finder, right? And people would do Clifton Strengths, and then we would do a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with them. And that was basically the way that everybody Everybody did it. And one of the things we knew is um, that inside of that coaching conversation, that was what really lit people on fire, that people would get value out of doing the doing the assessment and um, and getting their report. But what really woke people up um, was that um, was having that conversation with a coach. And it's one of the reasons that we early on five, six years ago, seven years ago, almost now um, said, gosh, you know, we want to make sure that we've got coaches all over the world that can help kind of awaken people to their strengths and the value of their strengths. So um, one of the things that we started to see, though, as we were offering those coaching conversations is that what made those coaching conversations even better was when people had some basic strengths education. So as part of it, and we started actually recommending, so when clients would come to us, we'd say, hey, look, you know, it's really in the beginning kind of a three-step process. Do Clifton Strengths, then provide some kind of basic strengths education, and then have a conversation with somebody who's going to, with a coach who's going to work you through your profile, right? Talk you through your profile. And what we noticed was, that really made those coaching conversations much more effective because we weren't spending time talking about, hey, what is strengths and what is talent and what is this thing called the theme, that all that had been covered in the basic strengths education. And as a result of that, that, um, that we could really focus on that person and their profile. And you had a lot more time to be able to really dig in and the coaching conversation was just more valuable. Right. And so um, that's where we started to be able to say, hey, look, we really recommend that everybody has some basic strengths education. And one of the things we're doing, you know, you, you, you mentioned, Jim, that it's 
it's been a busy time. We're going to be announcing. We've got lots of ways that we're starting to provide that strengths education. One, as you guys know, is all Clifton Strengths Discovery. So we offer that directly to our clients. We also train um, uh, people who've been through our coaching programs to deliver the Clifton Strengths Discovery course so that if it's something you want to do, you can do, and it incorporates this stuff. We also are looking at ways digitally to be able to provide that kind of basic strengths education. So this summer, I think we're going to have some kind of cool announcements around um, how we're making that available to make it easy and scalable that everybody can have some basic strengths education, right? So as part of it, so back in that, in that first call to coach, I said there were five things, five things that, you, that were sort of basics that you needed to cover, right? The first one is that strengths is rooted in a study of excellence. Sometimes I will tell you, um, for, for some people, and one of the things we noticed had really happened, you know, as I was um, working with our teams around designing content and curricula back in, in 2011, 2012, one of the things we noticed at that time was really prevalent is strengths had kind of devolved a little bit into a horoscope where people were using it primarily as a self-awareness tool rather than a tool that was really focused on application and performance. And one of the things we had to kind of remind people is, is to kind of get back to our roots to be able to say strengths was actually based in or rooted in a study of excellence. It was really about success. So um, I, I like to remind people that Don Clifton, when he was doing his groundbreaking work around strengths, was really looking at what, what drives success. At the time, the prevailing thinking around that was that if you had a high IQ, it was going to make you more successful. So it's all about intelligence and that intelligence was correlated to success. And one of Don's kind of groundbreaking assertions was, is it's not just IQ, certainly general mental ability has a bearing to some degree on success, but that talent and inherent talent was innate talent was a driver of, of success, right? And so, and in fact, the way that the 34 themes were derived was to be able to look and say, how have people applied their talents in order to be successful? So the first thing was really, you know, strengths is rooted in a study of excellence. The second thing is to really define talent, strengths, and, and what a theme is. So people know when we talk about talent, we actually mean something rigorous, right? Naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that can be productively applied. And I've spent time on other podcasts kind of unpacking that. I think it's useful to, particularly if you're a professional in this area, if you're a professional coach or educator, you work inside of an organization where you're working with people around strengths to be able to really know exactly what we mean by that. But we know that 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 talent is naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productive, productively applied, right? It really is the capacity for excellence. Um, defining strengths as consistent near-perfect performance. And this is one I think is really an important one because sometimes, as many of you know, kind of talent and strengths is used interchangeably. And I think at some point it's useful to be able to say, hey, gosh, you know, what we mean by strength is, is really tied to performance. So that a strength is consistent, near perfect uh, performance in a particular area. And that we can look at a track record of results to say, do you have a strength? right? Sometimes people say, well, I got a strength in this area. And they're doing that based on, on that they that there's an intensity of talent in that area, or that the Clifton Strengths Assessment has pointed to talent in that area. You don't really have a strength 
until you've got performance in a, in a particular area. And that's why people need coaching, right? Is just having talent that provides potential, but you don't have strengths until you've applied that talent in meaningful ways to be able to produce results. And you can do that in a way that's near perfect and consistent, right? And then talent themes, those sort of groupings or categorizations of talents, right? So defining that, that's really the second thing. The third thing is to be able to really introduce the Clifton Strengths Assessment. As funny as it sounds, um, uh, you know, people need to be introduced as to what is this thing. I was watching this video that was on YouTube. It was, I, I don't know, I found it on LinkedIn, right? Dangerous place to go, right? But I um, I found this video on, on, on LinkedIn about these two dudes. It's floating around LinkedIn, so I'm sure you'll see it, right? Or YouTube. Two dudes, uh, literally like two kind of goofballs. Like their first time introducing Clifton, like being exposed to Clifton Strengths. And they're talking through, they've done the assessment. They're talking through it. They're reading the assessment to each other. It was just great. And, and for me, it was wonderful because I was like, gosh, I remember that time when I was first like introduced to this and thinking about this. That was probably about 13 years ago. But really, and, and you forget like, you know, for those of us particularly that work around this all the time, you forget like what it's like to, to initially kind of discover, hey, there's this assessment and here's how that assessment works. And, and here's what you're going to get. And what does this mean? Right. I think that's Rhett and Link that, that did that. Is that what you're referring <laughs> yeah. to? Yeah. A couple years. I don't remember. Yeah. And it's a couple yeah. years old. In a, in, oh, is it? it and they, they are always mentioning the test. That's yeah, another, yeah. right. That's the, the <laughs> test. The test. Yeah. I was just at a junior high or a middle school this morning and the students had taken Strengths Explorer and yeah. they remembered that. Oh, yeah. Gallup, Strengths, you know, I, that's when I took that test. And so sometimes there's that, you know, we kind of clarify, it's really an assessment and there's a difference between the two. Sometimes Dean, that's probably not worth going crazy about though, right? right. In that area right. uh, a little bit, but there is that terminal, that standard terminology that we try to use across all of these, right? That's right. And even as we have found, you know, even in some organizations, we just talk about Clifton strengths. We don't even talk about assessments because, you know, in some organizations, assessment means you're judging me and it's going to be bad. <laughs> you know, like, like there's no way I'm getting out of this one alive. Yeah. Right. And so I think you want to, you know, you want to make sure that it, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, Hey, it's Clifton strengths, yeah. right? right? You know, the test, you cannot fail. <laughs> so I, I always tell our college yeah. students, you're going to take this assessment. It's all about you. So you know, all the answers. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's, right. it's Really, you literally can't flunk this one, right? Um, so the third thing is introducing Clifton Strengths. The fourth is helping people to name, claim, and aim their talents so they can develop strengths, right? So naming, claiming, and aiming. I think for all of our coaches, in particular our coaches who've been through our education, um, you know, naming, claiming, and aiming is our super simple way of starting to introduce the work that people do as they're starting to beginning to begin to wake up to their strengths and master their strengths. So just being able to say, hey, what are my talents? What are my talent themes? What can I claim those? Do I see those? Do Am I aware of those? Uh, 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 am I aware of those? And do I own them for myself? Do I appreciate them? And how do I start to point those at things that I care about, right? Um, and then um, the fifth thing is addressing how to handle weaknesses. So, you know, weaknesses are, you can't have a conversation around strengths without talking about weaknesses. I know people have uh, claimed Gallup only cares about strengths. They don't care about weaknesses. But the truth is, is if you've, if you've had any strengths conversations of any merit, you, you know that you end up talking about weaknesses, 
right? And because that's it's kind of comes with the territory. So it's all about strengths. It's all about weaknesses. And you kind of talk about the two things. So those are the five things. Strengths are rooted in a, in a study of excellence, defining talent, strengths, and theme, uh, introducing Cl the Clifton Strengths Assessment or Clifton Strengths, helping people to name, claim, and aim their talents so they can develop them into strengths, and then addressing how to handle weaknesses. Hey, Dean, I'm having a little trouble hearing you. If I could have yeah. you pull that mic up just a little bit sure. closer to you, that would give me a little that better. Almost just never happens in my life. Mid, mid, <laughs> mid Sorry about so, that. Sore with your strengths, my friend. So, so yeah, exactly. Go, All Dean, right. go. Sounds good. Okay, great. Okay. So what's changed? We've what's changed. We we did this in 2016. By the way, in 2017, we did a two part series on weaknesses. So yeah. if you haven't seen those yet, you want to head back and head back to our YouTube channel or, or our blog. Type in search for weaknesses, and we've done a big two part series on that. So that's available there as well. What's changed in the last two years, though, since we've done those initial uh, webcasts? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. Um, you know, it's funny as I was going back and thinking about it and thinking about like, you know, like where were we then and where are we now? Um, there, in in many cases, as I said earlier, they've kind of stood the test of time. Those are really the kind of the five key things you'd say, gosh, I want to make sure everybody's equipped with. I will tell you that just kind of in reflecting on it, there's probably, there's three or four things that probably are different now, right? So one is, is that um, I would tell you at the time, we were really focused on people having a rigorous understanding of the difference between talent and strengths. And I think part of it was at the time and and as we kind of as we as we've kind of put this together, really work, you know, like kind of pulling those things to those two things apart because they had gotten collapsed so much. So people were, you know, people running around saying, hey, you know, I'm really, really, I, you know, I've like got a lot of talent in this area. I, it's my strength. Right. And in fact, we were like. Nah, not so much. You've got talent, but you haven't developed that into a strength yet. And part of it is part of the value of kind of pulling those things apart is so that you can so there's a space for development you can push in the middle of them, right? So that why would we care, right? Is that we want to make sure people know, hey, actually, you, you got to develop strengths, right? So you've got talent, you can't create any new talent, you got what you got, right? But you develop strengths and, and it starts with your talent. And at the time, I think we were really trying to make sure we pulled those things, those two things apart. So we had a more rigorous understanding of the two things. I will tell you now, we fudge it a little bit sometimes with beginners where, you know, in the beginning, I think, you know, we, we don't have to get religious about talent and strength. Um, I, I think for somebody who's a professional or a coach who's working on this or an HR person who's working in an organization, you want to know the difference. You want to have some rigor around it. And you want some, I, I think it just comes with some more sophistication around your thinking that you can distinguish between those two things. But in the beginning, people use those terms interchangeably. We don't spend too, we don't work overtime trying to correct people, right? Over time, we'll teach that in, right? So I think that's one thing where in terms of defining it, it's useful to define it, but but we don't we don't get as religious about it as we probably did a couple of years ago, right? So that was one thing. Um, another thing is, I will tell you that we've put a lot more emphasis on people being able to account for and manage their weaknesses. You're talking about the two-part series we did on weaknesses. I, I would just tell you, it's one of those things where 
Um, it, it, as people start to develop their strengths, they've really got to account for and manage their weaknesses. And I will tell you, it, it in a lot of ways came out of our coaching community. So as we're working with coaches, a lot of coaching conversations end up being about using my strengths to manage or account for my weaknesses, right? How do I address that and helping people? And um, one of the things we talked about in that two-part series was just being aware of what your weaknesses are, being able to take responsibility for them, and then using your talents, your strengths to be able to manage them effectively. And I, I would say we put a lot more emphasis on that now than even we did two years ago. Just so people are really able to, to manage that, we know that's a real key to performance, right? So when people, to, for people to accomplish what they want to accomplish, being able to be, have good awareness around that and good management of weaknesses, important piece, right? So the other thing I would say is I think we have a much deeper appreciation now for the value of seeing and knowing your entire 34 theme sequence. One of the things we know, like for instance, is is most of our most of our coaches that we work with, we have, I think we've shared this before, but <clears throat> we now have more than 5,000 certified coaches. We've uh, got many, many, many more thousands of folks that have gone through our education. And almost every one of them, when they coach somebody, uh, ask them to go get their, their whole 34 theme sequence, right? Um, you can coach somebody around top five, but as we've discussed before, there's a point where you just kind of, you, you end up launching into the void. Right. There's this point where it's just like it's kind of a black hole. Somebody says, well, what about this? Or I noticed that I'm this way. And with your five, there's just only so much that you can kind of connect the dots. You really got to have all 34. And more and more and more, I, I would say we have a deeper appreciation for the value of seeing and knowing all 34 themes and working your way through all 34 themes. So I would tell you that I think that's something that's different than, than, than we, where we were two years ago when we were talking about this, right? And I think more and more as we, as we work through this, we're going to want people to really, uh, I think coaches are already ahead of the game on, uh, for the most part on this. We're going to want to put that emphasis on people really having and knowing all 34 themes. Dean, in our community conversations, you know, we talk about this naming, claiming, and aiming part. Yeah. Also over the last couple of years, and, and I've jokingly said at times, sometimes it's naming, naming, and naming. You know, we, <laughs> we spend a lot of time defining and thinking about what it is and what it could be. You know, <laughs> Thursday has been a little bit of enforcing that in some ways. We've yeah. talked a lot about it. Micah and I, this year in season four, have kind of led success factors. We're talking a lot about how do these lead to success where we're going. But can you right. talk a little bit about some of those factors we've seen where some of that basic training is kind of naming and claiming and we're, we're not always making it all the way to the aiming part? Can you talk? Yeah, about I would say, you know, here's the thing is, it's a lot of very basic strengths education is naming, claiming. And I don't think that's bad. Right. I don't think that that I don't think that's a bad thing. That's a that's valid. And I would tell you the other thing that you see is even people who have experience, you know, who've been working with strengths for 10 years, 20 years, you know, been around the block, in other words, that it, what you find is it's kind of cyclical. Right. Where you go back and say, uh, I read the theme description. And I know, oh, man, that's me again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that dimension. Um, there's this kind of thing like this kind of situational awareness that starts to grow over time where you say, gosh, I've never been in this situation before. I can see now how my includer fires in that in that situation. 
right? So I don't think there's anything bad, and particularly in the beginning. You can't really, it, a lot of basic strengths education that's crucial for coaching over time is, is naming and claiming right? What is this? And even like, I will tell you, this is, sounds like a horrible admission, but there's times when I will sit back in the room, watch one of our course leaders, and they're talking about a particular theme and they don't have it quite right. Right. And I've got to, you know, like, I'm like, you know, there it is. Am I making a note? Got to sharpen that one up a little bit. Right. So I, I will just tell you, you know, for all of us, it's just finding the world of that and really being able to do that. You can't, you can't really start to coach somebody to go fully in the world of strengths, right? So in the beginning, what it tends to be about is talent identification and awareness building, right? So it's the whole process is sort of like identifying the talents, building awareness around the talent, that kind of thing. And, you know, if you've done our advanced strengths coaching course, it's those really those first three developmental milestones that we cover in the advanced strengths coaching course around, it, you know, being able to, to know, understand and know your talent themes, having awareness of them, being able to own and appreciate them, that it's really those first three milestones, those first three developmental milestones that we're talking about there. Right. So um, so there's that there's that piece. So that there's that. I think there is a turning point, though, Jim, to your point. And I think we start to see it. It's really where strengths takes off for people. I will tell you, it's the thing mostly in organizations where people get stumped. Right. There's a lot of people who in organizations, all of their focus has been on naming, claiming. And they go, OK, well, have we exhausted strengths? Where do we go from here? I don't, I don't know, right? And because it's all been, all their education, all their conversation, all their thinking has been around naming and claiming, and they really haven't, haven't focused on aiming strengths, right? And I think it really, you know, if you, again, if you've been through the Advanced Strengths Coaching Course, we talk about um, a developmental milestone that we call focus and investment, right? Where you make the choice, I'm going to focus on my strengths. And the piece that's hard about that choice is it's um, you make that choice to focus on your strengths. You also make the choice to give up claiming the things that you're not good at. Right. So it's not it. And it, it really is. I, I will tell you, for people, it can be a very emotional decision to be able to say, you know what, I'm really not a well-rounded person. You know, in fact, I, I want to be a well-rounded person. I think I'm good at everybody, everything. I'd like to be that guy. I'm not that guy. Right. And that you make that decision to say, gosh, I'm really going to focus and invest in those areas that I am most talented. Right. And that's really where um, where strengths development starts. And it's really when people start to focus and invest on the things that they're best at. Right. And point those at their goals and they point them at at outcomes that you really start to see people take off. And that's where strengths development happens. And it's what makes strength can make strengths incredibly powerful in organizations. The first level of it is, hey, I know who I am. I know who you are. We can converse. We got a common language language to talk about that. That is super value, valuable. I'm not diminishing it. Right. But but that turning point where I can say, hey, I'm using my talents and I'm applying them meaningfully toward outcomes that are shared outcomes in an organization, that's huge, right? That's a big thing, right? And um, and by the way, the education at the summit, I'm going to talk about how you embed strengths-based learning in your organization. The education kind of changes at that point. Right. So in the beginning, it's a lot of formal education. It starts to shift. So it's not just all kind of formal. I'm going to go to class and learn about strengths today. 
right? And so, um, and but there's there's this shift that happens when we start when we choose to focus on our strengths. We start investing them. It kind of moves from just being aware of our strengths. You know, look look at what I got. You know to applying our strengths to produce results, to have an impact, to make a difference. Look at what I can do, right? And I think that shift from look at what I got to look at what I can do is a really important shift. And I think we want to, in, in our strengths education, certainly it starts in basic strengths education, being able to point and say, hey, you got this. What are you going to do with it, Right. How do you start to invest in that? And and I will know I know great coaches who like really encourage people just kind of play around with your strengths, start fiddling with them, and start looking at how would you invest in them and where can you use them and like that. Jackie Merritt I think talks about doing kind of an initiative with a you know she picks a theme every year and kind of fiddles around with it every year. Where it's like, hey, how am I going to use this or what can I discover about this? I think that's useful. I think it even gets more powerful as you start to apply it against goals you've got, right? And outcomes that you want to achieve. Yeah, it's interesting in the project management world, you know, we often think that that early stages of name it, claim it or requirements gathering, we're really spending some time pulling things together. What do we have? How are we taking an inventory? How are we doing this? But that aiming it is really swim lanes. It's really putting people into action and having some expectations about where we can go and what can we do. And in in lining it out that way really, I think, pushes things forward in an organization, right? I mean, when we think about strengths-based culture, we've got to have action and measurements on the backside of that. That's why it it makes the Q12 so powerful in in having a measurement piece to get it done. And so I, I really appreciate that emphasis, Dean. Yeah, no, that's great. Hey, I do want to clarify. I've been talking about the advanced strengths coaching course, and I do want to make sure that people know I mean something different than the accelerated strengths coaching course. So I want to clarify those are two different courses, right? The advanced strengths coaching course is designed to pick up after the accelerated course. It's designed to provide advanced development. By the way, this is just a shameless plug. Okay. <laughs> this is the advertising break, apparently, in the middle of the podcast, right? Like a commercial. 30 yeah, seconds commercial. Go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll have, you know, the uh, I'll have the disclaimer uh, of all the side podcast effects. player. They can just go 30 and yeah, right. just move on. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the advanced strengths coaching course we launched, um, we really officially launched it last year. We only do it five times a year. The seats fill up fast in it. So if it's something you're interested in, but these developmental milestones, they're all part of that advanced strengths coaching course. So I want to make sure that if you're interested in more development as a coach, go do that course. Right. Um, it's I, I think it's pretty good. Right. So um, so we've kind of talked about what what's all got to be included in basic strengths trainings. Right. Um, So you get to that point where somebody says, hey, I'm going to focus. I'm going to choose to focus on my strengths. I'm going to start to invest. And uh, the question comes up, like, what do you teach next? And we, you know, where, where do you go from there? And um, so I want to talk about that there is, I would say, some that in advanced strengths development, there's really four dimensions that I think you want to think about. And today I want to give you this kind of framework for thinking about advanced strengths education. And then in our next podcast, I'm going to unpack each one of these four in some depth, right? But I, I but I just want to kind of talk about each one of the four dimensions because, uh, you know, part of it with me is I want to make sure I'm not just giving you go do this, go do that, but I want to give you the way of thinking about it so that it, it, it gives you a thinking frame. It's kind of like the 
don't just give somebody a fish, you know, teach them to fish, right? You know, that kind of thing. So that as you're thinking about the needs, I find this, by the way, I find this framework to be a useful framework that when I'm listening to somebody that I'm working with, whether they're an individual or a client, I, I use this kind of thinking framework to be able to use as sort of an assessment with them to be able to say, hey, as I'm designing learning that you need uh, for your organization, or as I'm designing the developmental journey that we're going to work together on, you and I, um, to be able to think about this and use this as sort of a framework to say, hey, these are the things that I want to put in, right? So I want you to be kind of, as you're thinking about this, kind of be two-headed about it, right? There's basically four things that I always think about. Breadth, depth, calibration, and self-awareness right? So breadth, depth, calibration, and self-awareness. So let me talk about each one of those, right? So in, in some advanced education, we want to give people breadth, right? Breadth. So we want them to understand all the Clifton Strengths themes, right? We want them to be able to identify them. We want them to be able to know what they contribute. It's the kind of stuff like us, like it starts with really understanding what the themes are. And at the beginning, we tend to understand our own themes. So we're most interested in, oh man, that's totally me. I can see that. And we're sort of getting all the, you know, we can kind of lay it on ourselves and say, yep, that's me. But over time, what starts to get interesting is, is the themes that are not so much us, right? So I have activator number one, man, I can see those coming a mile away, right? I have harmony number 34, equally fascinating for me. And in fact, you know, I think I've shared this before, but some of my best friends and my best partners lead with a ton of harmony, right? So being able to understand what are those different themes and be able to identify those themes and the patterns of those themes so that I, I really own all 34, that's breadth, right? And there's education that we want to provide to help people to build breadth in the work that they do, right? And certainly, you know, as we think about managers and organizations, we want managers to have good breadth. You know, brand managers that don't have breadth tend to be, so, they, they tend to have bias, right? They tend to have kind of a glare factor. You know, the classic example is sales managers who are competitive, who think they should only hire competitive people right? You know, as opposed to that recognition, boy, there's a lot of different ways to produce results, right? Particularly in sales. And so really understanding that piece. The second one is depth. And this is one that, gosh, I, you know, I think I've, I've banged the drum on this with coaches a lot, but having an appreciation for all of the traits, all the patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior that comprise each theme and being able to fully kind of unpack those. One of the things you see is, a lot is you see, um, and, and nothing makes me crazier than when you got coaches who coaches who only understand one or two traits from each theme, right? So it it tends to devolve into labeling that way, right? Oh, you're an activator, you must be impatient, you know. Oh, you're competitive, you want to win. Well, those things are true, but. That's just one pattern of thought, feeling, and behavior. That's just one trait that sits inside that theme. And part of what we need to do is, particularly for managers, for coaches, for leaders, to be able to really unpack that so we really understand the depth of those. Dean, we, we have a little um, a little danger zone in, the, in some of the presentations we do. We do those stand-up exercises, right? Stand-up yeah. if, stand-up if. And I think sometimes those labels get stuck. Right. You know, that becomes the poster child for that. Yeah. 
And, and so I agree with you. We need to really get deeper than just, you know, do I sort my clothes in a color and color <laughs> order or do I yeah. race people to work or do I check things off a list? Right. It's so much more deeper than that. Get out of PowerPoint, make sure you're understanding all the, you know, all those pieces of that individual theme. Yeah, they, I would tell you, you know, it's one of those things where there's a certain joy in recognizing ourselves. And there's a certain, like a certain, it's just always funny when we recognize our own foibles, right? You know, it's like, yes, I push the elevator button over and over again, right? That is totally me, right? And it's funny and there's a certain joy in kind of recognizing yourself and that stuff, right? And And if you're then gonna, if it's then gonna become really meaningful, it's gotta move beyond that. So you want to have depth. So it like, for instance, you want to be able to see all of the dimensions of that. I think I've told this story before, but there's a gal that I, I managed um, some years ago who was really high in significance. And I did, I just honestly, like I knew that she was high in significance. I knew that she herself wanted to be important and wanted to be center stage, but there was some other stuff that was going on with her that I just didn't really understand. And it was only when I fully unpacked the theme around significance that I could see, oh, she needs to work independently. She needs a ton of autonomy. And in fact, being connected to important people is also important for her, right? So there were, I started to see all the different dimensions that are part of having high significance, you can see the contribution that it is, right? And so I think for people like coaches, like managers, like leaders, um, like HR people who are professionals, particularly building depth is really important, right? And I think we want to, you know, for us as we, as for people who work with people, people who are accountable for the results that people produce, you, you need to have that depth. And so it's important to be able to do that. So Again, the first one was breadth. The second one is depth, right? As you're thinking about what to, how, how are you going to build advanced strengths education? The third is something I call calibration. And I think this is super important, right? And it's really um, in calibration, it's increasing the precision with which people are able to apply their themes and produce consistent near-perfect results. Do you have precision in being able to apply your themes meaningfully? Um, what you start to see, and you see this in some of our developmental milestones, but it's your ability to say, hey, I'm going to use my woo. And in fact, I'm going to, I know how to use it. And so, and I know how to use it to produce a particular result. And I can manage that really, really well. And in fact, I know how to set myself up for success. I know the boundaries of it. I know the I know the areas of it that hinder me. And I have I have I have refined it over time. And there's a component. This is a really important piece of strengths development. So is that I am practicing with this. I'm developing skill around it. I'm just, I'm developing my pre precision. That's why I like to call it kind of calibration. It, it really speaks to that thing that we talk about in both the accelerated course and in the advanced strengths coaching course around the balance between self-expression and self-regulation, right? So where I'm balancing both of those things, I'm fully expressed, but I also have control. I haven't lost control in any way, shape or form around the expression of my strengths. So I think an important part of advanced strengths education is this kind of calibration. Okay. That's the third area. And then um, the fourth area is self-awareness. 
And that one of the things is really important as we work with um, managers, as we work with leaders, is that they're increasing their self-awareness. Now, you could make a pretty good argument, and I, you know, I'm I all I'll fall right in that you know, all development to some degree is just a process of self-awareness, right? All of it is just helping us be able to um, to really take responsibility for who we are and around us. You know, in, in the self-awareness piece, I always talk about it as aligning each person's perception of themselves with other people's perception, right? So the way I see myself is the way others see me, right? And so we're reducing blind spots. We're encouraging the full self-expression of strengths. We're discovering unused talents. So um, it's it's really like, it's that whole thing where, I, you know, what I would say about myself, the way I see myself, the way I know myself is the way that others know and see me, right? And in fact, it's not just a one-time thing. It's, uh, it's an ongoing process, right? As I uncover blind spots, as I discover new talents and, and put them and utilize them, right? As, the, as I, and as I start to express myself fully and in different situations. And I think one of the great things about working here at Gallup is we do that sonar effect to each other all the time is, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of something, you know, I, I'm struggling with something or I'm working on something, having success. I'm going to bounce that off you, Dean. And then you're going to repeat it back to me. Is that true? You know, yes. are you seeing that yes. and it's this continuous setting of expectations or continuous setting of awareness to use the term that you're doing here in yes. a sonar effect, just this bouncing off. How yep. am I doing? Is this right? Is this accurate? We, I've never done that as much anywhere as I've done here uh, since I've been at Gallup. And it's incredibly settling, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. In an organization, when you have that, people don't get so jittery. Yeah. People don't get so anxious yeah. because they're getting constant feedback from both their manager and from their, their coworkers in that perception of themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are we aligned? Right. I think it's super key. We just can't do enough of that. Sometimes that looks like really nerdy strengths talk, but I think it's yeah. super important that that sonar effect is happening. Well, that's how we learn, you know. It feedback is so important to learn, and part of it is is you know, at Gallup we have a big development culture, we have a big growth culture. So, I, I mean, it sounds funny. I, I think we take it for granted. Uh, I was trying to remember the name of that book. I think it's called Mindsets. The Carol, Doctor Carol Dweck, is that right? Mm, the I'm looking for us. I'm, yeah, I'm blowing yeah. it here. Yeah, it's okay. The um, um, great book, right? And I, I think it's it's really fundamental. You know, for some people, I think, you know, particularly coaches, you think about coaches, anybody who's interested in human development, anything that's good, somebody that's going to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to have my life be about human resources or organizational development or coaching for the most part. And this is a broad generalization, but has that kind of growth mindset where they know that human beings are not fixed things. A human being is not a table or a chair right? A human being is organic, right? And is dynamic and is changing all the time and has the potential to grow and develop. And one big access that we do is by, by truing up, how do I feel about me? How do I, how do I see myself? How do others see me? And we're truing that up all the time. We're getting good feedback around that, right? You can't, um, you know, like people that feed on themselves are like cannibals, <laughs> You know what I mean? You can't just eat, you, you just can't feed on yourself, right? My perception is definitely not the only perception, right? I really need to have, I need to have that feedback in order to be able to grow. And when you're in a growth culture, when you're in a growth community, um, that becomes all the more important. It's one of the reasons that we have said in the past, and I think this is true, is all coaches need a coach. 
right? Is that we're all in that process of development. Um, the thing that we don't often talk about relative to development is development often can be very painful, right? It, you know, sometimes we get feedback that reaffirms our most positive notions of ourselves, right? Sometimes we get feedback that's painful to hear, right? It's like, gosh, I don't think I'm that way. Or gosh, I never intended that, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So to be able to say, oh man, that hurts, right? Um, you know, I, I don't want to believe that's true. I don't want to hear that. And man, I got to take responsibility for that, right? It's so hard. Sometimes it can be so painful to go through that process of development, but that's how we grow, right? And sometimes the, the feedback that we get that is the most disorienting, the most disruptive is also the stuff that's the most uh, valuable for us. And having people around us, whether it's our coach, whether we're in an organization or a community that's willing to provide that feedback and we're willing to hear it, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that provides that kind of direct candor, you know, that really helps us to be able to grow. So let me just recap these four things because I think this is a framework that I want to talk about and think about relative to advanced strengths education. Breadth, you know, really owning all, all 34 themes, right? Depth, being able to really unpack all the dimensions of each theme. Um, and th again, that's not static. That tends to change based on the situation, right? Calibration, that ability to in increase the precision with which one um, is able to apply their, their talents and strengths and produce results. And then self-awareness, being able to make sure that perception that I have of myself is aligned with other perceptions of me, right? And in fact, as we start to, and I'm going to do this next time, is to start to look at some of the things we commonly talk about, things like strength spotting or theme dynamics or team blend. I want to, in our next, in our next podcast, kind of talk about how those fit here, and then some of the ways you kind of you kind of bring those to bear, right? So this is a useful framework again for designing and planning what you would put in an advanced strength session, an advanced strength um, uh, training, right? It can also be as used as sort of an audit for listening. As you're listening to somebody, you can see, gosh, that person's pretty narrow. I got to get some breath in there right? Or I can see that they've mostly got the themes as labels. I got to get some depth in there, right? Or, hey, I can see this person starting to uh, to apply their themes meaningfully, but I got to help them calibrate a little bit better so they're producing the kinds of results. Or, hey, I see this person being derailed a lot, and it's based on low, low self-awareness. I really need to help increase this level of awareness uh, with somebody to be able to discover more of the talents that they're not using, right? Steve uh, Allen in the chat room is asking a question. He says, what's the yeah. time frame to tell a client these four areas will be usable in today's kind of I need it right now kind of culture? Uh, is yeah. there an expectation from a time frame as you start embedding these into the culture or start working with this? Yeah, I would say here's the thing is, so I'm going to I'm going to give you a kind of a that's a great question, kind of a, a, a two or three answers to this. OK, so one is, you might, first of all, you may never tell a client these four things. You might just have this be your secret weapon, right? Always good to, you know, every superhero needs a secret weapon. This might be your secret weapon, okay? Um, and so this might be the thing where you're listening. This is sort of an audit. You don't share it with the client. You just listen it. And, and, and you, you know, like the doctor, you say, I can tell from the symptoms, this is going to be the cure, right? So one is you just use this as sort of a framework 
so that you as as a framework for being able to look at this and say, yeah, this is what this is how I'm gonna this is prescriptively how I'm gonna prescribe what needs to happen here, right? You might share it with them, right? You might say, hey, look, here's how I'm designing this. This is the intent around this to be able to do this so that we can help. And here's why this intent, right? And so I would say that it kind of picks up after you've got basic strengths education. And and I, I don't know that uh, there's no scientific like when you observe this, start with this, you know, I, I, it's more your see, sense and smell of it, right? Where you can say, hey, look, we've got a lot of naming and claiming. We've got a good base of that, right? That we're, that is happening here. I feel like we've, we're in the world of strengths now. Now we're going to, I typically say, you know, there's a point where naming and claiming starts to get a little boring, right? You know, there's a point where we have a little glee mania around, oh, I know my strengths. Oh, I know your strengths. Yay. We know each other. Yay. You know, we can talk about this. Yay. And we have this in common. Yay. Right. There's a lot of glee mania that happens around that in the beginning. Right. And then the kind of glee wears off and, and it's kind of like, well, now that I know this, what's this good for? That is actually that boredom is very valuable. Right. You know, is, is that's the moment where we say, Hey, the whole point of this wasn't just so we know each other. But the whole point of this is so we can start to apply this together, right? And so we can really use this in a meaningful way to have an impact and make a difference, right? And that's where I think you start to be able to say, hey, let's start with these four things and start working through these four things. Make sense? Yeah, Dean, that kind of triggers me. I see in the Facebook group a lot where I'll see a coach jump in and say, hey, I've done these activities and these activities and these activities. What else? And that right. actually may be that moment when you're right. like, if you're at, if you're looking for more activities, it's probably time to calibrate and start like it's time to apply, right? Yeah. Not just another yeah. marshmallow tower or you know another theme dynamics exercise. It may be time to start calibrating, right? Don't you think? That's a hundred percent right. And I will tell you, here's the interesting thing, right? Is that to your point, it's like it's it's like I think sometimes we get in this thing where we're trying to come up with the different way of doing the same thing over and over again. And it becomes there's a point where that's meaningful and educational and developmental. And there's a point where it just becomes entertainment and distraction right? You know what I mean? It just becomes like, it's fun. It's interesting. It's different. It's useful, but it, it's actually a distraction from the real work of applying our talents meaningfully, right? Of applying our strengths to be able to produce the results and developing like legit strengths, right? right. And so, um, and to your point that where people get interested again, and I think somebody actually said this in the chat room is, I, where you get interested again in things like breadth and depth is when you're applying your strengths, right? You start to apply them and you go, hey, wait, you know what I mean? I'm not successful here. Or man, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to knock down that fence and I blew up that building, right? You know, like, hey, need a little more precision here. Right. right. And I get real interested then in, in going back to the themes and saying that that's when those exercises get meaningful again. Right. Is to be able to say, hey, as I'm trying to apply these and produce results and and accomplish what I need to accomplish. You know, I, like one of the things our, our chief operating officer, Jane Miller, is such a fan of goal setting. Right. And. Uh, and and I'm a guy like I would tell you I'm I'm right there with her right I for the last 20 since 1992 what is that 26 years right I've set goals for every year every quarter every week right 
Goals, 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 right? And goal setting, I think, puts people in a really positive box, right? Whereas when you're in that box and you use those goals, those enable you to be able to um, to start to think about, gosh, how am I going to use my talents in a really positive way? So as we start to talk about, you know, as we start to focus on our strengths and invest, thinking about, gosh, what are our goals? How are we pointed at our goals? And then how can we use what we got here? right? In, in a meaningful way to advance our, our progress toward those goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I'm going to do. How many, we've, we've got just about five minutes left, right? Yeah. Yeah. Five, six, seven minutes. Do you want to, I, I got one more piece I was going to do. Should I do that piece or do you want to talk about questions or what do you want to yeah, do? I think so. I think you've got uh, some things you kind of want to cover. Uh, just some good reminders as we go out. And then we're going to spend in the next section, we're going to spend some time unpacking these even yeah. more. So yeah. he wants you to walk through those. I think some great reminders there as, as we think about it being in the community here. Yeah, I think. Um, so next time, one of the things we'll do is take each one of those four um, sort of categories in this construct and unpack them and talk. I, I'll be a little more practical next time to be able to talk about, okay, how does this actually work or what would I focus on? Some of the stuff around that. And again, another shameless plug that we've got, but we just released our team activity guide. Holy cow. You know, I, they're flying off the shelves, right? I know we did. <laughs> I got lambasted on Facebook the other day. Maybe I just took it personally, but like, like, why isn't there a digital version of this? Well, yeah, we're going to build a digital version. We've just got a couple other things we got to build digitally before we build the digital version of this thing. And so, but yes, that team activity book is a great one. And I think as we, as we roll into the next, uh, as part two of this, you'll want to have that team activity book. Cause I think it's a good one. It's a good resource. Right. And so, um, people I, like, Oh, yep. The, 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 uh, accolades are pouring in. It is really incredible. Tracy, you know, the team that worked on it worked really hard on it and it's, it's super, it's just really powerful. And I, and I think it's great. Not every, for, not only for every strengths coach, but for every manager. Right. So before we close out, let me just, um, one of the things I wanted to do, I thought would be useful, um, around this is just kind of remind people of our guiding principles around strengths development. And you all probably have heard these before a million times, but I think as we think about education, right, these are the things we want to make sure that, that people are thinking about and talking about. The first is knowing that themes are neutral, right? It's not that the themes are good or bad, right? It's not that what makes you a good person is not that you have activator, although I would campaign for that. You know what I mean? It's all the way. I'm just just saying, you know, but you know, like the themes are neutral, right? You know, it like it's all, it's all what you got. And every single one of them is a path to excellence, right? So, uh, so that, you know, like, and you can like, just like all superpowers, you can use them for good. You can use them for evil right? It's your choice. The second is, is that themes are not labels. And we really want to make sure that we're not using the themes as labels, right? We, we don't want to pin people down. We want to understand the complexity, the diversity, the, uh, you know, uh, all the dimensions of who somebody is. And so, um, and so we want to make sure we don't de- degenerate the themes into labels or start to turn them into a club to beat people with right? You know, tamp down that deliberative, right? Or work on that activator. You know, your activator is out of control, right? You, like you, we don't want to, we don't want to use themes as labels or as a bully club to beat people up, right? <clears throat> we really want it to be something 
that helps us in a really positive, great way to really understand and appreciate how complex and interesting people are. The third thing is, is that we want to really make sure we lead with positive intent, right? And so, you know, like we, we, the intention of this is to empower people. The intention of this is to develop people. The intention of this is to grow, right? And we want to make sure, you, you know, and I think this is so important, growth doesn't happen in a punitive environment. Growth doesn't happen in an environment that's negative or is risk averse. In order to grow, people need to be able to play around. They need to experiment. They need to be in an, in, in an environment where it's positive, it's constructive, and that where risk can happen, right? And for you as a strengths coach or a strengths educator, you know, part of your job is get people to play around with stuff, get people to take risks. That's super important. Um, you, want, you want to remember that differences are an advantage. Right, we were laughing. Um, I, I was talking to Scott Caldwell. Many of you know Scott. Scott's one of our lead, um, one of our senior learning design consultants here. And uh, we were talking about the differences between he and I last night. We we're laughing about them. And um, and you know, it's like it is a good thing we're not all alike. That's all I can say. Right? Is like those differences are advantages. And we find out that more and more and more as as almost every company you talk to right now is concerned about diversity and inclusiveness and how to build an inclusive environment. And boy, it seems like strengths is inclusivity on steroids, right? Is it's not just about, it's not just about the skin bag that I've got, right? It's really about like, who am I at my core? What are my inherent talents? Capturing that, leveraging that, honoring that and creating an environment that includes all of that is really powerful, right? And then last but not least, but we all need each other, right? That people need each other. And, and you know, like, like nobody flies solo, really. You know, I, I will tell you, I think we live in an environment right now where it's, it, it does feel like sometimes it's like whether we're an individual, whether we're an organization, whether we're a country, we think we can go it alone. Right. And I think I think it's really about that we all really need each other and that there's got to be some recognition that we need each other. Right. I think it's, it's just incredibly important. Right. And so and and the, the truth is, is that when we rely on each other, the 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 in the outcome is always better. When we work together, the outcome is always better than any one person would produce on their own. Right. So um, I, I think those are important things that we want to do. I, I think that's got to be the, the reason I share it with you is I think that's the spirit or the foundation that you need to use as a course leader when you're delivering education. Right. You know, it's almost like your mantra before you go lead is to remember those five things, you know, so you could say this is where I'm coming from right? This is my foundation. This is what I'm standing on today. When I go um, work with people inside of their strengths, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I'm, this is, this is my platform, right? So um, I think that's it for today, Jim. Okay. Sounds good. Dean, we had some great learning in there. I hope uh, everybody both alive and listening to the record version uh, will want to look towards, I think it's going to be June 1st uh, when we have you back on for part two. So you just might want right. to Buckle in and get ready for that. We'll remind everyone to take full advantage of all the resources we have available at the Gallup Strength Center. Just gallupstrengthcenter.com. Send us your questions or comments on this. We'd love to hear from you. If you got some questions for Dean and you can't remember Dean underscore Jones at gallup.com, just send them to coaching <laughs> at gallup.com and uh, we'll route those over to Dean as well. You can also catch the recorded audio and video of this program as well as all the past ones and, and a link to all our social resources. Everything we talked about today, you can get off the coach's blog. Just head over to coaching.gallup.com. 
gallupcertifiedstrengthscoach.com. If you're interested in becoming a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, you can see a list of all those courses that lead to certification off our courses page, courses.gallup.com. Although Dean mentioned that advanced, the, the advanced coaching training that's coming up, it's going to be done during the summit and all that's available at a discount at this point for the summit as well. If you're attending there, cliftonstrengthsummit.com has all the information that you need. Still time. It's just May 11th. There's still time to join us if you're coming out July 16th, 17th, and 18th. And if you're listening to this after that time, I bet we have another summit planned and ready to go. So join us out there, cliftonstrengthsummit.com. Join us on our Facebook page. Many of you are doing that as well. Just head out to facebook.com slash groups slash called to coach. That'll get you. Just ask for the invite and I'll let you in. Uh, we want to thank you for coming out today. And if you enjoy this, make sure you share it. And we appreciate it. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.